This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, everybody. This is Love About Town. Welcome. As always, you have me, your host, Kenise Mobley, and... It's your boy, Rohan, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We have Ashley Brooke Roberts on this week, and we're discussing how our phones are ruining us, how bus drivers in New York City are actually the people that you want to date, and the expectations that we had of our partners that have changed over time. So with that, Ashley Brooke Roberts, everyone. Yay! I don't know how to bring this up with my therapist, although I probably should. Just yeah. how I've just been feeling stupider since I've been like 28, just like just dumber every single day. Listen, it's not just you. I've Googled mm-hmm. this question. Like yeah. I feel like I've been getting dumber since my late twenties. Mm-hmm. And the whole internet feels that way. Yeah. Your brain was at its peak when you were 27 or 28. And then but it's co- just a slow decline. But cognitive neuroscientists say it's supposed to be 38 to 48. Really? Yeah. I feel way dumber than I did. Then yeah, no more. Feel... And I'm like, oh, I, there's so much more that I don't know. I like know the scope of how much knowledge there is and know that I don't have very much of it. Yeah, I don't know. I was just going to say that the way that that's how I justify doing the edible at the end of the week because I feel stupider. So then mm-hmm. I'm just like, if I do it only at the end of the week, then I'm mitigating the things that are making me even dumber. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. No, I see. You've made a, you've made an irrational reasoning with yourself. <laughs> You found I certainly loophole. have. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say I've done some like basic research because in about six months ago, I was like, this something's going on. Like, it's definitely a neurological issue that's happening. Mm-hmm. And there's all these books on it. And guess what they blame? What? Are you going to get you? Yeah, I'll give you a guess. It's something you love. My phone. Yeah, it's your oh. phone. It's your <laughs> I was like, phone. It is my baby. And it's I your love phone. It. Cause it changes the way that your brain recalls information. So we used to do our brains used to do something called deep thinking, where like if you would a pattern would come across and you make a connection, it goes into all these like different deep connections within your brain. But because we have so much information that's accessible to us so quickly, our brains are now doing something called shallow thinking. Like they can see the difference in brain scans over the decades and the way we process information. So you process information in a much more shallow way than your parents did oh, yeah and that fucked fuck. up <laughs> Damn and it. and putting your phone on airplane mode doesn't do anything like if your phone is like near you it still affects your brain scans if it's in the same room with you you have to like really? be physically apart from your phone for a large amount of time for your brain to sort of slowly go back to this other way of processing information oh my gosh. Whoa. i've never wanted to go camping but now i feel like i should for my yeah brain? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think I need to start. Yes. I, I was doing this thing for a little while, whereas like my phone is like my alarm clock. And mm-hmm. so I'll put it in the living room. And so like, I don't look at it before I go to bed. And then when I, my alarm goes off, I have to get out of bed to shut it off. I love that. And uh, it was working for a while. And then I was like, no, I, I got to go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, my fiance, Nick, he has this alarm that you have to do math problems. 
So it's like it wakes you up and you have to do long division. Or long division? Keeps, yeah, where the alarm keeps going off. Whoa. So it's My pretty effective. that it would just, I wouldn't be able to figure it out and the alarm would just keep <laughs> going off for hours. Like, I don't know. I don't, I haven't done long division in like 10 yeah. years. Yeah, 100%. It's wow, a gamble. That's, that's great though, because then you're awake because you like have to do the problem yes. and then you're already sitting up and you're just like, well, yeah. I can't go back to sleep now. Might as well get up. Yep. Might as well do stuff. Uh, yeah, that's, oh man, that's such a bummer about our phones. Yeah, I really, I'm sorry to start this off on such a bad note, but I've been reading a lot. And by reading, I do mean listening to half of an audio book and it is (laughs) our phones are the issue. Mm -hmm. I, I got a, um, a kitchen safe. Do you guys know what those are? No. No, What are those? It's a, it's a lock box, um, that people use for like snacks or drugs or phones. So you can like put it in there and then there's a timer. You, uh, twist a little dial. So you're like, I don't want to pick up my phone for four hours. You put it in there, you lock it up. You, there's no emergency, uh, get out of jail free card button with the timer. So it's just locked up and that's it. And it's been really helpful in quarantine because I was spending like 10 hours a day on my phone. I was spending yeah. like, a, like an insane amount of time. And now if I, you know, you know, that feeling when you're on your phone and you're like, oh, I feel really bad. Mm-hmm. Like I feel bad. <laughs> yeah. And that when I have that feeling, I just go put my phone in the lockbox for like two hours and it oh. has made Whoa. a big difference in my mental health. I'm and doing I, this. I think yeah. they should sponsor us. And by us, I mean your podcast and mine. They should <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's called it's a kitchen safe. That's what it's called. Yeah, it's a kitchen safe. It was on Shark Tank. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. And my well, friend, I think they showed that in the social dilemma. They did, and I was like, "That's mine. I have that." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now they, what is it? What what is the difference between like a regular safe? Why can't I just buy a regular safe? Because with a regular Tank safe, again. you have a key. Oh. Yeah, they don't have timers on regular safes like yeah. that. Oh, so it's just, this like it opens. You set a timer and it only opens after that time. You can't like yeah. unlock it in between. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. There's, yeah, there's no override button. There's like a lock. Usually, a safe is to protect your goods from other people. This mm. is to protect your goods from yourself. So it's like <laughs> you put it in there. You can do like an hour. You can do like five days, however long you want to do it. Because I have a friend who does it for their weed. They put it in there because they only smoke weed on Saturday, and so they put mm. their weed in there. They lock it up for the week, and then it. It magically opens on Saturday. Yeah. Oh. I would put my booze in there. I'd put my weed in there. I'd put my phone in there. Mm-hmm. I'd have different ones for all of these things because that would yeah. be different intervals. But yeah. I'm really into it. I have no self-control. So if anything, Same. Could I, if I can adopt any sort of like physical barrier between me and my bad habits, I'm so into it. Yes. 100. Me too. And that, I've been looking up uh, like ways to eat better. <laughs> and like just like because I because you know whatever everyone wants to just eat healthier and I'm like 34 now and I feel like uh, this is the time where like all my bad habits are going to start catching up to me mm-hmm. and so that I was like just reading like articles about it and they were just like yeah just don't have the food that makes you feel bad in the house and I was like this is gonna be a problem <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really that's like it their, just means that's that their I thing. go to the bodega a lot mm-hmm. like right now I'll I'll be like you know what? No, I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to eat what I'm supposed to. But then a certain time will happen. It'll be like, you've been thinking about chips for an hour and a half. Just go <laughs> buy a 50 cent bag of chips. And so I just go get, and it's like one at a time, but I'm still eating the chips. So, but you still have to put your coat on and you still That's have to true. leave the house. And so those are some barriers I'm really into. I'm living with a grandma right now. And I'm mm. telling you what, we got bowls full of jelly beans. 
We've got um, like ice cream. We've got uh, so many Edmonds donuts, every Edmonds donut you can imagine. So it's been trouble. It's, yeah. it's like my by, dream. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it, it hurts after a while. You yeah. start having indigestion. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just there. And it's like, the thing is, is that like, after a point you think that you're okay with it, you're like, you know, I've done this diet and I've, I'm doing really good. I can, I can have some enemas in the house. I can have some ice cream. Mm-hmm. I can have some popsicles or whatever. You lie and then, yourself. No, because like what you said, Kenise, it's like, oh, after an hour, I just like, can't stop thinking about this. It's right there. Yeah. Got to have it. It's going to yeah. be good. Yeah. So you guys are going to get kitchen safes, huh? I think yeah. so, honestly. <laughs> I'm about to move into uh, my own apartment for the first time. I've never lived by myself. And yeah, I know myself. I will want some comfort things and I will allow myself to have them, but in a time safe. Otherwise, mm-hmm. like I do that dumb thing where I'm like, oh, I'm just getting two Oreos, but I do that like 30 times in a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I mean, I, I, it feels like I just had like a couple. Oh, no, I've eaten a whole box of Oreos. OK, yeah. I mean, and that's easy. A whole box of Oreos, that's a let's lunch. There, the problem is, is that there's no stopping point with a whole box of Oreos. Yep. You know? Yep. One sleeve feels like a snack. Yes. You go through it and you're like, well, I could do the other one. And then you're done. <laughs> or you like don't even realize you finished a sleeve. You're like, ah, I finished that one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, someone come in and eat going. all my cookies? Yeah. You've been, you been eating my Oreos? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just me? How did Damn. this They've got so many uh, new flavors. They have a s'more flavored one. They've got mm-hmm. like like shortcake flavor. It's over the top. And wow. I want all of them. Shortcake sounds bad. great. Oh. Yeah, dude. The shortcake sounds really, really oh, that sounds incredible. Listen, not to try and get you to camp more, but you know what's really good is doing an Oreo Hershey marshmallow s'more. I highly recommend it. Oh and then you can set limitations on yourself where you're like, I'm only going to eat that when I'm camping. These and grapes go. aren't going to cut it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking about these Oreo shortcakes. Yeah, oh, that would be, oh, oh, Ashley, yeah. why are you living with a grandmother? Um, so I'm engaged to my fiance, Nick Maritato, mm-hmm. and we came here to help with some health issues in the summer. It's not a fun story. Oh, okay. And then we've just been here since. And oh, okay. yeah, we're just riding it out. Um, just like family stuff, you know, yes. coming yeah. to Jersey to help with family. Oh, things. this is Jersey. I'm from Jersey. Yeah. What part of Jersey are you in? I'm in Ocean Grove. Oh, okay. South Jersey. Hell mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. The real South. You yeah. know, do you now are you in the part of New Jersey? Because I'm Ocean Grove is like you're near close to Seaside Heights or no? I don't know. I oh, and we're close oh, to right, Asbury right. Park. Oh, you're close to Asbury Park, so you're like yeah. all the way down there. Okay, yes. yeah, they're like that's huge. That's Trump country, right? Um, it's half and half. half so it's like half. you know how like the towns are so small. Yeah. Like you like it's it's wild. You go from like um like like a bunch of Biden signs to a mm-hmm. bunch of Trump signs all within it feels like all within like 500 yards like as it's you walk crazy. through each town yeah because it's like Asbury Park Ocean Grove Avon by the sea Bradley Beach they're all mm-hmm. stacked up on each other and Kenise, if you've never been there before it's like it's like one town is like a maybe a block and they all feel different they all look different it's very odd yeah Weird. I've never is experienced this, it is, why yeah what hmm. yeah it's have you guys ever been to Savannah once a long time ago yeah so yeah downtown is organized the same way where each square feels like a has like it feels like a different city and it goes it's like really like like um divided by class in savannah and so Mm. but it's very abrupt like boom 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 and that's kind of how jersey or the shore feels like to me it's like oh for sure yeah yeah. 
It's like kind of what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, I'm a part of a lot of Jersey Facebook groups now. That's been like a fun thing I've been doing is joining them <laughs> and um, the fighting in between the groups with the Trump versus uh, the Biden, you know, different factions has been fascinating. What kind also, of everyone in Jersey's over 60, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Well, that area that 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 south, like really far south, like by Cape May, there's yeah. a lot, a lot of old people. Like, I want to say retirees, but like, I'm not entirely sure. Yes, feels like that. It seems like the worst place to retire. No offense to your grandmother, but no, it's okay. (laughs) It's not my grandmother. You can say whatever you want. Okay. Oh, Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's Nick's grandmother. Yo, Nick, your grandmother chose a dumb place to retire. Got her. (laughs) Hope she's doing okay, though. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I'll pass it along. Ashley, you're from North Carolina, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm from North Carolina. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm also from North Carolina. I'm from Charlotte. What part are you from? I'm from, well, I grew up, well, okay, Chapel Hill. Yes. were the formative years. Chapel Hill were the formative years. I bounced around a lot, kind of on coastal towns like Wilmington, um, Oak Island, up and down that area until I hit Chapel Hill in eighth grade. And then I stayed there. And that's like where all my friends, that's that's where I grew into Ashley. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I and now it. I have some family in Charlotte and Charlotte's, it is not what I thought it was. I kind of like Charlotte. Tell me more because I still don't. Okay. Well, in North Carolina, (laughs) from where, like, my point of view is like, we're really anti-Charlotte. Like, it's like, it's, this is, it's just, it feels like not, it feels like it's trying to be something it's not. Okay. It feels (laughs) like it's uh, trying to be a city, but it's really just, it's, I don't know. Charlotte always had such a bad reputation for whatever reason when I was Uh growing up. Um, Just kind of like, also, whenever you meet anyone in New Jersey or New York who are like, oh, you're from North Carolina. I just had a cousin move there. They always say they moved to Charlotte. I've never had them say anywhere else. Like, and it's just like, there's a bunch of banks there. I don't know. Charlotte's just got, it doesn't have any sort of personality. Exactly. That's why I dislike it. I grew up, it's, it tries to be a city, but it does have, like instead of a city, it has like a small downtown area, but it's just like suburbs for like 50 miles in every mm-hmm. direction. Mm-hmm. And a ton of people who moved from other places who brought none of the culture with them. They just yeah. came, but didn't bring any of the fun stuff. So yes. that's why I describe it always like a target. Like it's kind of clean and it's like pleasant, but you wouldn't call that culture. Like it's yeah. not, it has yeah. no culture. And yeah. there's no cigarettes there, right? Like in Raleigh, Durham and stuff, there's like the c- cigarette plantations there, right? <laughs> well, um, I mean, Durham, yeah. Durham, right? Yeah, Durham yeah. for sure. I mean, Winston-Salem, that's yeah. where oh, you're getting right, you're to right, be smoking up. And yeah. like Asheville's a real hippie part of North Carolina, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like it's in, a, it's in a mountain and there's like, it's like very, very liberal. But I guess Charlotte doesn't have that identity that those places have. I've no. assigned this tobacco identity to Raleigh Durham. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Having been there I mean, once. you're not wrong. Durham yeah. is like, you know, yeah. Durham, that was a huge, a huge, huge tobacco fortune that funded Duke Hospital, which is the number one uh, research center for lung cancer. So that's fun to think about. Yeah. <laughs> that. Wow. All that tobacco money went right into lung the cancer irony. research. <laughs> That's yeah. a choice. That's a choice. Yeah. So like, you're, you are clearly in a relationship. You yes. have a fiance. Yeah. Did you get this fiance while you were already doing comedy or is this someone who you knew before? I'm so interested in the process mm. uh, because a lot of times for female comedians, it's weird. And I, wonder. yeah, it is really weird. It's tough. I think that it's, I think a, we're the hottest. Okay. Female mm-hmm. comedians are hot. They're fun to be around. They're usually very cool. 
Um, and so it's hard to find someone who's going to meet you at that level. And I think it's hard to not date a male comedian. I only want to date comedians. Like, I feel like when I started comedy, a lot of people like, um, women who'd been doing stand up longer than me were be so kind and like giving me advice and taking me under their wing and being like, don't date comedians. And I'm like, but they're the only ones I want to fuck. You know, it was kind <laughs> of an issue where I'm like, mm -hmm. but I'm having the most fun with them and they're funny. And like, we're kind of cut from the same cloth. Like, why would I not date them? And my fiance is a comedian, Nick Maritato. And, um, you know, I just, I wanted to hook up. Okay. It's a classic story of wanting to hook up and he was moving to California. Okay. He was moving to LA and I was like, great. I can hook up with him for a couple months. I got a window yeah. and don't have to commit. Cause I was very committed to the single life always and forever and still yeah. would be honestly, if we weren't together, I, <laughs> I find, I, I think everyone should embrace being single. It's so fun. Um, and so where was I? Okay. Yeah. I wanted to hug up, but he's moving. Here we go. Let's do it. We hooked up and he's like, I'm not going to move. And I was like, what? And then, <laughs> and then we've been together for about 10 years. <laughs> wow. Oh, this is like 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is nine years ago. I was coming to be like, you should embrace a single life. I've been, we've only been dating for like two years. No, like, uh -uh. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no. We've been together. Um, we started dating in November, 2011. Whoa. Oh. Yeah. Yes. That's and it was so secret nice. for a while too. Cause I was like, it's like, we, I, we were like, we can't tell anybody cause we, all of our friends are the same friends. And like, and then eventually we were like, okay, let's just tell everybody. Yeah. yeah. After a little while, after like, you know, a certain amount of time, then you can start being like, okay, this is like for real. Then we yeah. can tell everybody. Yeah. 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 And he's great. I wouldn't be, you know, I, he's wonderful. He's wonderful. I love him. And I do, I do miss though being single. Are you both single? I am single. Rohan is not. I'm not. not. But I was single up until like the pand. I mean, I have been in relationships, but I was uh, the beginning of the pandemic. I started a pandemic relationship, which mm. is going very well. So, wow. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. She lives in Boston. And uh, so I go like, so I travel. I spend like 10 days in New York and then I spend 10 days in Boston and then I go back because uh, I have a car and, and then and she doesn't. So it's like, it's just easier for me to go. Sounds good. Then, yeah. And I like, I, and I used to live in Boston. Kanisa and I met in Boston. So like, yeah. I know that area. And so it's like super, it's great. Yeah. I was listening to you guys talk to Josh. It was like a fun Boston reunion. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think that if you, if you're a pandemic couple and you're surviving in these times, I mean, that is like the ultimate test. We just had a conversation about like, I guess, you know, I don't care. We were about like moving in together and stuff. Yeah. And we were talking about it and we were like, this has been such a weird time to like, like think about that. Like, like we've been existing in this pandemic, right? Where we see each other and our social lives are like so limited. Like we have to figure out what we're going to be like when things come back to normal before we could even like think about doing something like that. Mm. Like it's, it's, it seems like we did the relationship thing backwards where like you spend a lot of time together like you go out together and you do stuff and you slowly, slowly, slowly sort of just like start to become more domesticated. And we did the opposite where we're like, well, we're at home all the time. Like our Friday nights are watching a movie and getting high. Like, why don't we actually try and go out and do things and like figure out what our lives are with other people in it before we are like, let's move in together. 
Right. Because you did. Like you're a, basically a Big Brother couple. Like you moved yeah. into the Big Brother house <laughs> and you immediately coupled up. You stayed together all season. And mm-hmm. now once you get out of the house, you'll find out if it was a showmance or if you're going to mm-hmm. get married and turn that into mm-hmm. a lucrative YouTube channel. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> Where we adopt a child and then we rehome that child after mm-hmm. two years mm-hmm. when it doesn't fit our brand. Is anymore. that what those people, who those people were? They weren't big brother people, but they are YouTubers and they're probably going to hell. Um, oh. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, for listeners who don't know, a couple adopted a kid and I, weren't they like super vocal? Like we adopted and I think it was yes. like a, maybe a kid of a different race or something, but they were like, look yeah. how good people we are. And then they were like, actually, we want to give this kid back. Can we return yeah. this child? Right. Just, no, they did. They rehomed they that. that they, they returned him. Yeah. I was like, you can't, you're saying her. rehomed. I think you're buying into their narrative. They're the people who were like, no, 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 it's not returning. It's rehoming. It sounds I thought better. that that was like a technical term, which is, which is like, you return, like, yeah, I thought, I thought that they were like using the technical jargon that is correct to describe a horrific, like in, in moral <laughs> act. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm just against actually people using children in any way on social media. Oh, like, me too. I'm yeah. glad you said that. I yeah. 100% agree. Where because... are the child labor laws? How does they apply to Instagram? That's what oh. I'm concerned not about. Not only that, is that like social media, I mean, that is 100% true, right? Like if you are exploiting your child for follows and views and stuff, yeah, they should, they're the ones who should be getting the money and or yeah. whatever you're making from it, right? And then also like the consent aspect of it, everyone's on social media all the time. Like, who do you like what if your child grows up and it's like this all makes me anxious I don't want to be on social media and then you're like uh well <laughs> too bad yeah uh, they're all and then you have online. then you have a Rob Kardashian on your hands who's yes. like I'm gonna fuck up this family yeah um, oh, absolutely. put me on camera and I wasn't into it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's like oh and so you're like not even giving your kid like an opportunity to like explore this thing that exposes themselves to the general public on their own terms. Yeah, it's yeah. really messed up. Some of these it's kids make up. like millions upon millions a year. And it's just like, I don't understand how you cope with that. Because if I had to constantly be reminded of what I was doing when I was six years old, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'd slip into a deep depression. I can't imagine. Yeah. I think there's a lot of different ways it comes out. I mean, Macaulay Culkin has said in interviews that like, he doesn't remember any of filming Home Alone, that it's basically there was like this kid that existed and then died and left him all this money is like how he describes it, which is so bleak. Yes. That is Um, really bleak. Yeah. I think with YouTube in particular though, it's like, okay, so sorry, I'm going to jump on my high horse and then I'm going to get right off of it. But it's like, if you have a family vlog, like you got like a mom and your dad and you're like, welcome to our little family. And then you're like showing your babies and your kids and you're getting so many views for your babies and kids. And let's say you are making millions of dollars a year. There are no laws in place that say, okay, 15% of that has to be put into a fund for the kid to receive when they're 18. The parents can just spend it all. And, And that is like, those are laws in place like that for child actors. Like we know that those are so important and like wonderful that they were passed, but that those laws don't apply to social media. And I think that that yeah. will, we will see that happen in the near future. We will see like the, is this a fun podcast topic? Yeah. Am I bringing <laughs> no, it? This is perfect. No, you're nailing it. I love this. This is, this is something we've literally never talked about before. Yeah. And I like it. <laughs> No, I, I never even thought about it that way. Until yeah, you brought it up, I, like now, I never thought about it that way. <laughs> yeah. 
I probably so think about it too much because I'm on TikTok a lot and I'm like, wow, how much is the, how much is your baby making you, you know? Yeah. And like, are you, there's nothing in place that says you have to save part of that money for the baby. No. You could just be splendid at spending it all on Coke. Who knows? And Yeah. And let's say that you do like, it, you could work the other way around too, where you give too much money to like a, a 12 year old or that, or you're just like a good, you're just like, oh, you're making all this money. Do whatever you want. Like, you right. know, whatever, like you. And then the 12 year old, because like they're 12 and they're making, you know, hundreds of thousand dollars and everyone's telling them they're great all the time. Like that's got to fuck up your, that's got to yeah. fuck up your development. Something tells me though, that that never happens. I feel like the parents, <laughs> <laughs> the parents are like, I'm going to take this money. Yeah. I started this channel, you know, this no, is my right. brand. Yeah. And, yeah. but yeah, you do have to worry. I guess it could be like, I mean, there's so many different ways it could go. The kid becomes a monster and starts demanding money or they want to do their little TikTok dance for you. Who knows yeah. what's going on? Yeah. There um, was a, there was a, do you, I want to drop names because I, I, this guy's very nice, but uh, they, it, this is like when you get, like, you you start comedy and you become famous very quickly, like because of social media. And this person became very famous very quickly. And then they didn't know what to do with themselves on stage. And so they, would like just do their social media characters on stage. And it was like, not good, but you don't know what to do. <laughs> like like it, it, there's like a parallel between- You have not like, named a name. So I don't I'm know- I'm not naming a name. About. I'm not going to okay. say who it is. But okay. I mean, you know who it is, Kenise. <laughs> send, send it in the chat because I truly don't know it. who you're talking about. And then, okay. yeah, but like, it is just like- I know oh, who you're talking famous about. Too quickly. And, that, and you just don't know how to handle it. And it's it's not your necessarily your fault necessarily. I mean, it is, but also well, like- uh, it's a, it's, I empathize with that person very much. Yeah. Cause what are you going to do? Like, you know, that maybe you're not stage ready to do to headline things or, or whatever, but someone is offering you like a lot of money. You're like, I'll get ready. Even if that's not right. And in, thing. and in like a context of like TikTok or like child fame and stuff where you're doing, you're getting money to do things that you're not necessarily ready for. That's like way worse. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I was, that was, a yeah, I'd be into it. Yeah. Yeah, give it to me. I'll take yeah, it. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. I'm 34 years old. I'm ready to be making millions of dollars a year. <laughs> yeah, I th I feel like I'll be okay. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I, I know it, su it sucks for them, but like I'm into it. So this show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Let's do it. Is that how you've been spending the pandemic? Is this like researching these these uh, injustices in the um, payment that's community? That's a great question. Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know how I've been spending, spending the pandemic. I, I, you asked, is that how you've been spending the pandemic? And then my head just went into like a hundred different, um, sort of qu quick, Ashley, how have you been spending the pandemic? Cause say something fun. Um, no, I've been teaching have... my cat tricks. I don't know. I don't yes. know what I've been doing. No, same. I've been yeah. living. I've been living. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, it's nice to be here in Ocean Grove. We've been here like since the summer and that's Mm -hmm. been cool. Been into that. Um, It's so nice to go to like a Target, you know, like you just pull your car into the parking lot and then you get out and you go in and it's like big they have everything you want no one's in there you're like where are all the people and they're like this yeah. is what it's always like before like, five what? yeah the <laughs> population of new jersey is eight i think nine million people and the population of new york city is eight million people wow <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So i'm loving like, new jersey i'm yeah, loving dude. it i do too i fa- part I'm, of new jersey? I'm from princeton area like uh i found a town called cranberry which is like <gasps> Yeah, I know Cranberry. You I do. worked for yeah, I know Cranberry and I know Princeton. I just growing up in North Carolina only dated guys from New Jersey for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but if you are from New Jersey and you moved into North Carolina, I was like, that's from oh. the I'm that's the one. Yeah, that's so. so funny. I smell the difference on them. They don't smell like the North Carolina boys. You're like, this is better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I just always knew I was getting out, you know, like ever since yeah. I was like five, I was like, I can't wait to get fuck out of here. And so like <laughs> yeah. any sort of like North Carolina guy, I was like, you are the opposite of what I want out of life. Um, and North Carolina, there's some fine, there's fine people, you know, but I just saw, okay, you're what you're going to, you're going to be an air conditioner repair, man. I'm going to work in hair. We're going to get a house and have a baby and live here forever. You know, like that right. I could just see our future with them. And so first boyfriend was from Allentown and then the second boyfriend was from Princeton uh, that area and then when I moved to New York I started working for a farmer whose um his farm is called Cranberry Hall which is right outside of Cranberry oh really Mm -hmm. oh that's so cool (laughs) so that's like Monmouth County right that's no it's uh it's technically it's Mercer County okay uh, okay I think or Middlesex County one of those two counties it's one yes Middlesex yeah. County. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Familiar. the that's the ta- county with the biggest COVID cases at one point in New Jersey. Oh, I think. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, what was I saying? Yeah, so I, I grew up there, but we, we were talking about something before and I just completely spaced. How oh, are we spending the pandemic? Oh, go yeah. Well, no, wait, you have brought that the Jersey guys because yeah. I, I went to grad school in London and I was a very nervous person back then. But the only person I like made out with <laughs> Rohan, are you not a nervous person now? <laughs> jury's out but no (laughs) I'm a very nervous person but the (laughs) I was even more nervous back then true and the only woman I like made out with was from Hamilton New Jersey which is the town like right next to mine (laughs) there you go yeah you found each other you found each other all halfway across the world so uh I understand what you mean (laughs) Kenise did you date North Carolina guys what did you think about North Carolina guys yeah all nice but similarly it was like I could see our life flashing before my eyes and it was like you're gonna be in middle management at a bank and I'll be in middle management at an insurance company and we'll raise kids in a suburb and wow that's so Charlotte what you just described (laughs) yeah that's like super Charlotte it's very Uh, like that's that's yeah, but also that sounds like something Charlotte from Sex and the City would be absolutely into. Ah. <laughs> it would be much smaller. Ah. Imagine like a less ritzy, because Charlotte from Sex and the City is oh, like she's a wasp, wasp yeah. 100%. She would not know what to do if someone was like, hey, the things that you want done in your apartment, you have to do them yourself. And she'd be like, no. Whereas like, imagine like Home Depot, like that sort of vibe where it's like, Mm -hmm. this is decor, but it's like kind of basic. Like that's your life. You only shop at Ann Taylor, Mm -hmm. maybe Ann Taylor Mm -hmm. loft. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's Charlotte. But the, 
but the consistency and like the laid out, well laid out path and the, all of that is something that Charlotte from Sex and the City isn't. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. that is true. Mm-hmm. Very that stable, true. Um, fine. There's yeah, not, the only like, thing is like the money like, problem. There's not evil. It's just kind of boring. And you're like, oh, it's okay. I will yeah. say that I felt that same way graduating because I went to college in New Jersey too. I grew up there and I went to college there. And I definitely felt while I was very happy, I was also like, this can't be my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like I need to figure out whether I'm happy because it's the only thing I know or happy because like it actually is fulfilling. And it turned out to be the first one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I understand that. What's like the first thing that you're like, that you experienced once you moved out of your hometown or home state in your case, that you were like, oh, this, this is what I was looking for. This is why I'll stay where I am. Like, did you guys experience anything like that? Are we talking about like in sex and relationships or are we talking in life. about- In life. In life. Okay. Interesting. Um, mm, I don't know because I was always like, I'm going to get to New York as soon as I can. Like my best friend from high school, Sarah, we talked about it all through high school. We talked about it all through college. We were like, as soon as we can move to New York, that's what we're doing. It was, it was always there. We always knew we were going to do it. And so we just did it right away. And so- as soon as we got there, I was, um, I don't know, it felt perfect and that everything was right immediately because it had been like a plan that was like 10 years in the making. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Where did you go to college? I went to NC State. Oh, NC State. Okay, nice. Sweet. My nice. mom went there. She's a big fan. I think oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. fun. <laughs> That's so they didn't funny. didn't give me a big I... enough scholarship or else I would have gotten there. Yeah. You know what? Scholarships make a big difference because yeah. they did give me a scholarship, but UNC did not. And I ended up going to state, you know, <laughs> and then I still pull for UNC in basketball. And nice. that's oh, just no. how, well, that's, that's a how reasonable it's... choice. They're the best. Yeah. They're the best. Yeah. They're the best. Yeah. I never thought of, um, I, cause New York was so close to me and I kind of hated New York when I grew up. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I just was, you know, I wanted to get out of New Jersey. And so I went to London, but the first thing that I, that, that was like incredible for me, and this is going to sound so stupid was that I had to walk five miles to school every day. And there was that walk, like not needing a car, not having a car, like being able to like do that walk and then like stop for like a coffee or like a croissant. Five miles? You walk through the, uh, yeah, I I did it because I didn't want to, I was broke and I didn't want to like spend money on the train. So I walked. Okay, I was like, what? And it's this beautiful walk on the river. Like I was living in student housing. So it's like this beautiful walk on the river. And then you get to like the the school or whatever. And it was just like, it was so nice. And I was like walking, had my headphones in. And then there were just like people on the river, like sitting and chatting. And I was like, I'll never experience this if I lived in New Jersey. And like yeah. you meet, like you meet people just from like all over the world. It was just like, oh, this like, dip, this is like the perspective that I was looking for. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I-, I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. Like my first six months in New York, I rode my bike to work every day. And it was like from Greenpoint to Tribeca. And we had a shower. We, I found like a shower at my job and I was like, that was being used as storage. And I was like, Hey, can I clean this out so that I can take showers when I get here? If I ride my bike and they, it was like working for sort of a, um, a super anarchist book publisher. And they were like, yes, (laughs) turn that into a shower. (laughs) And so I would ride my bike into the city and it was so fun. And it was that same feeling where it's like, 
oh my, you feel like you're living in a movie and it's just like yeah. the stimulus and the sounds and the smells and all the people. And uh, I loved it. I did get hit by a car eventually. And so I stopped riding my bike into what? the city, but I did love it. I did love it. Cause I would come off the Williamsburg bridge. Uh, this is like a different time in my mm -hmm. life, but you know, when you ever see people coming off the Williamsburg bridge and the bikes just merging with the traffic immediately. Oh, yeah. it scares me. Yeah. That was me. Oh, <laughs> I was one of them. No. Were you okay? Did you break any bones or anything? No, I didn't break any bones, oh, but I sure. had a um, what a, a uh, like a continent size hematoma, I think is what it was like with a term for it. So it was like a hard mass of tissue under the skin that was purple and it had to be massaged out. And then there was a dent there for like three years on my um, upper thigh, but they thought it was broken and then it wasn't. And they were like, you're really lucky because this is, this is your biggest bone in your body. And if it was a different bone, it would have probably at least fractured. So Ooh, my thigh bone. Damn, Ugh. did not know that. Yeah, well, I don't do you still Now, do you still bike in the city, even though that happened? No, I no. don't. Yeah, I mean, sense. I'll city bike. I take that back. Yeah, I'll city bike. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll take Same. a little city bike. I'll pop in, pop there. But I'm not doing like you know. I was riding from Williamsburg up into like Fort Tryon and like Ooh. doing like big rides and stuff. Ooh. And I yeah. wouldn't do that anymore. No, I don't. I I got a city bike membership this summer and I did Prospect Park. Like that was a good idea. Yeah, I was like I I go to Prospect Park. Sometimes it's like oh I have to. I think I got the bike when I had to like early vote. I was mm. like, oh, I'll just bike to early voting. But that's about it. City bike's great. I love it. I think every freaking city should have it. Like shame on New Jersey for not implementing oh, this I on know, the shore man. yet. And it you know sucks. what sucks is when you go to like a, a city like Austin or something and they're like, instead of city bikes, we're doing scooters. And I'm like, no, I want a bike. Oh, I don't yeah. want to like ride on that little scooter. It feels so good to get off the bike and then you'd like sit down, you have like a drink or something or you eat and you're just like, your legs feel great. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that feeling. Yeah, I do too. Your butt gets bigger too. I love oh, when you're sure. using a city bike because you're gotta... doing so much pumping. Yeah, mm -hmm. those are heavy ass bikes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they really are. They really are. Like, because sometimes it'll be like, okay, this is up a hill. I don't really want to bike up this hill or like just even pushing it into the dock. Sometimes I'm like, okay, this is a workout in and of itself. Yeah. Just get in, the, get in there. They're pretty indestructible. Yeah. 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 I would say that also the one thing that helped me like adjust to city living and like got, is, is like starting comedy, like the amount of different people you meet when you start comedy was really nice. Like when I moved to Boston and I was like, I guess I'll do this. And then like the people I met with like such, they, they're obviously psychos, but they're, they're also like cool, really interesting, like fun people. And you were like, oh, this is, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was a big one for me too, where I was like, this is what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I got another one. Can I do another one? Okay. Yes. So it was like a year into living in the city and um, I met a guy who was playing music on the corner and he was so cute and he was fun and he asked for my number and I gave him my number and then I left. I didn't hear from him. Okay. Two days passed. And then my friend messaged me a link to a Craigslist misconnection. And she was like, Hey, this guy I think is talking about you. And it was him. He had lost my number and he had put on a Craigslist mis put out a Craigslist misconnection. And that felt very like Brooklyn of that oh, time you know great. and then we dated <laughs> wow yeah how long did yeah. you date for we dated for like three months wow mm -hmm. yeah that's so sweet yeah. it's that's so nice that like 
Oh, that's so, so nice that he like posted a misconnection. You like actually met up and he wasn't a huge, huge, huge weirdo. No. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a normal person. Yeah. I mean, he was weird, but yeah, yeah he, was, <laughs> he was, he was a musician who was playing on, the, you know, he was busking on the street oh, corner okay. in Williamsburg and, you know, we just hit it off though. We were, I hope he's okay. Wherever he is. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was pretty wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're listening to this guy, uh, call in. Or yeah, write, let write, me know. I'm messaging. I mean, she's engaged, but you know, yeah. it's, still, it's an interesting Off connection. the market. Well, I actually you. was very into Craigslist misconnections when I moved to New York because it felt like in Brooklyn at that time, like this is like 2009, 2010, before mm-hmm. I started comedy. And it was like, everyone was misconnectioning each other. I got, he misconnectioned me, a guy from the basketball court misconnectioned me. And then I misconnectioned myself twice trying to make someone jealous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you knew that they looked at misconnections and you were like, all right, this is how it's going to go. Exactly. But what, okay, please explain. What did the misconnections that you wrote about yourself say like what was the situation that you created for them? um it was very complimentary obviously but the first one was that i was on the train they saw me on the train reading dune uh, this is embarrassing um i was like i saw you on the train reading dune we had a small chat about your stop you're from north carolina thought you had such beautiful eyes would love to get to know you more so it was just like that. And I think that I said, they, I said that they said my name, you know, you, you said your name is Ashley Brooke. Um, and then the second one was from a coffee shop and I was really laying it on thick on that one where it was like, we had incredible chemistry, thought you were so funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really love chatting with you about publish the publishing industry. Uh, you oh know, my I was, gosh. It's, I have the old screenshots of them somewhere. I need to like mm-hmm. go through a hard drive and find them. But yeah, it's like you are definitely going to make it one day. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, you got charisma. You got stage presence. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> did, now, did it work? Do you think it made that person just yeah. jealous? No, I don't. Because oh. I um. <laughs> I did bring it up. One, I did not bring it up to the person. I just knew that he, he, um, like that he checked them, mm-hmm. but then like, we also had like a falling out, like right after that. And it was just, it was a very casual sort of acquaintance. And so I never really worked out if he, um, saw it, but the other one I showed the person, I was like, can you believe this? Look at this. And he was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. What are you going to do? Are you going to message them? And I was like, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking about it. Like, what do you think I should do? Like, I was trying to see if they would get jealous. Yeah. And they did not. <laughs> and yeah, they, so, didn't like bite. they were just like, they wow, that's so good. Yeah. Wow. They were like, what are the odds, huh? Yeah. 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 And I was like, <laughs> like, they're being really nice in this post. Don't you think I should, yeah. you know, go for it? Wasn't he, but, and were that, what if they were just like, yeah, no, I like, I agree. You are all of these things and we should be together. And you would have been like, oh, I'd have been like, yes, exactly. Yes. That's yes. what I was thinking too. And I'm so glad you finally said it. And That's guess what? what? I, I wrote this misconnection. <laughs> no, I would keep that a secret. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would be like, be like feel, I feel bad for this person. You know, they don't get me is what I would have said. Damn. Yeah. And so we don't bad. have the opportunity to create misconnections anymore. Like, that's Everyone sad. I see, I meant to see. Like it's mm-hmm. not. It's very. Mm-hmm. We live our lives with so much intent and planning. That, yeah. yeah. I don't just like. 
maybe in the summer I'd run into people occasionally, but yeah, I know for the next three months while it's cold, I'm not going to run into anyone. I won't recognize them if I see them because of mask plus hat plus coat. Yeah. So what about like meeting strangers on the train? When you guys got to New York, did you do that? I used to like, I would chat up hot, hot people. You're like, Hey, where are you going? I can't do as a guy, you can't do it because it makes you look creepy. That's fair. <laughs> Although one of my friends met his wife on the train like that. Yeah. I was really yeah. into the train when I got to New York. I was like, it's like the school bus, but for adults. And I can just talk to whoever I can if someone's making eye contact with me and they smile, I would smile back, you know. What make are you things reading? Happen. That's like also yeah, a reading's important. Yeah. Oh, I've read the Bible before. <laughs> hey, that's my favorite book. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Wait, yeah. only one person has ever like talked to me on the train, and it was like a seventy-five-year-old man who said he liked the color of my nail polish and told me that I should ask him out on a date. And I was mm. like, "This is bold. <laughs> I'm not going to, but I appreciate how bold you're being. Thank you, wow. old man." Wow, I still have some people. That's yeah, that's a little intense. At that point, it's like, okay, I'm done here. I have people I still follow on Instagram that I met on the train and we just exchanged like socials. I was very chatty when I got to the city. Okay. (laughs) When I first got there, I was yeah, I had stars in my eyes and I Mm -hmm. was like, I'm finally here. Who wants to talk? Yeah. Ready to it's like are you confidence. you're like the stereotype of the 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 southern girl who get like gets off the bus and it's like wow and then some guys just like do you want to make a movie you're like i yes. can't believe this is happening that's exactly what it was like for yeah. two years yeah um i was so into it i even got one time i got speaking of bus i got my this just sounds like i'm bragging i'm you know what i'm not gonna say it say it you have say to say it, it. You're yeah come on my this, best driver gave me his phone number. He wrote it on a MTA, um, a single oh. ride card. <laughs> he was like, here's my business card. And he, he had written his phone number on it. And I was Dude, like, wow. That damn. rocks. They've got that's good cool. benefits, man. They do. Looking back on it. Yeah. yeah. Really also, that, that that's like a really, like, I got to say from that guy, like the bus driver, that's like a really bold, awesome move. Like, yeah. just like, oh, hey, and here's my phone number on the back. Like, that's really chill. It's like really cool. It's not too invasive. It's like, it's nice. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a smooth move. And I feel like I didn't know. Okay, I was very obnoxious. So I was like the the stereotype of like, just showing up and like, let's be friends and like running around and looking back on it. I think that that was probably very grating on other people's nerves because <laughs> something that I would do was just talk to the bus driver. And then I learned after someone yelled at me um, that you're not allowed to talk talk to the bus drivers. Do you guys know this? No. Yeah. You know. Okay. So y- yes and no. Okay. So on the uh, right above where they sit, there's a plaque that says, please do not engage with your bus driver while they're driving. Like don't talk to them. That's like an MTA rule. You are yeah. not supposed to talk to the bus driver. And so I was just going around town talking to everybody who would look me in the face yeah. and <laughs> I was just so excited. And um, so that is, I made a lot of bus driver friends, but then an old man yelled at me and demanded to get off the bus. He didn't want to be on the same bus as me because I was talking to the bus driver and he was really pissed. Yeah. He said and that I needed to like, stop my yapping. 
<laughs> and then he said, you should ask me out on a date afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I like your nail polish. I like your nail polish. <laughs> okay, one bus driver has talked to me, but I wasn't on the bus. I was just on the street outside eating a Dunkin' Donuts wake up wrap and I was really enjoying it and he was like we're twins and I didn't understand what he was saying and then he just like waves a Dunkin Donuts bag at me and I wave my Dunkin Donuts bag at him oh that's and really both sweet take bites and it was like yay Dunkin Donuts I love that I you should have got Dunkin Donuts commercial yeah wait are bus drivers in New York secretly like the nicest people in like the entire world that those they are like are. two like very Sweet they interactions. Are. I had another bus driver, this old guy who used to drive the B62. And one time I was on that, I used to take the bus a lot. One time I was on the mm-hmm. bus and he came over the intercom and he's like, Hey, everybody, I just want you to know that I talked to my daughter today and I hadn't talked to her in 10 years. And everybody, oh it's going to be a awesome. good day. And then everybody on the bus cheers. I love that. <laughs> I love it when everyone comes together oh, for yeah. like a moment, even if it's a silly one. Like I remember it had to be not super late at night, but late enough. And the bus, the person who, I think they were like just starting out. This is actually on the train. They were just starting out. And so they were saying things that like conflicted with one another and everyone's like, so what do you want us to do? Because <laughs> it was like, this train is going express. And if you want to get here or here, you have to get off at this non-express stop. And we're just like, get, should we get on? Should we get off? And finally, someone just like went up to the person and then they issued like a correction over the loudspeaker, which was like so satisfying. They're like, okay, so no, everyone can take this train it's not going express until 59th street please get back on the train <laughs> and everyone in, like just on the platform was like thank you <laughs> on the train. It was, i was like hell yeah i live in a city this is a city i love yeah. when that happens I, it's so refreshing one time i was on the a train and it stopped this is like in lower manhattan and they came over the loudspeaker and they were like you're gonna have to it was like some confusion was going on. It was also in the winter. You know how on the train, everybody's got on their big, heavy coats and then the heat's on and you're like, we're all uncomfortable. This train (laughs) is packed. And they were basically saying that we we had to walk out in the tunnel and then get up on the platform. So it was like a really, it was very wild. Like a movie. But all of the, and I was on the back of the train, all this kind of, it felt like chaos was beginning to occur because some people were like heading to the front really fast and pushing past other people and other people were like come on and like some one guy was like I'm not gonna go and then this giant man stood up and he's like everybody we're gonna file out of this train slowly in line keep just stay in front of the person who's in front of you and everybody do it single file and everybody just listened to them and then we did it Hell yeah. Yeah. I don't even know who Damn, that person train was. Daddy over there. I respect yeah. the hell yeah. out of that. Oh. Train Daddy. Oh. Yeah, you should have got his number too. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I've seen someone do that with traffic. Like it was it had to be in Long Island City, I think. But there were all these cars and they're coming in different directions and one of the traffic lights was out. So it was just all at a standstill. And someone like just parked their car like halfway on the sidewalk, gets out and starts motioning for people to move forward, motioning for these people to stop. (laughs) It's like, he's not a cop. He has no authority to do this, but he's just like, we need to get through this. And I have (laughs) taken it upon myself to make sure that it happens smoothly. And I'm like, hell yeah. That's fucking hot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is a, a very attractive quality. 
someone that's like, I'm going to just stick my neck out for the greater good and try and like bring some order to whatever is happening here. I know. And I'm the, I'm not that guy at all. And <laughs> it, I, uh, it's, I'm never going to be that guy. You could be that guy, <laughs> Rohan. I've no, seen you be that. I mean, you were on Molly, but you did tell people. I like, did. Stop I was interrupting Molly, our circle. Told... This is our circle. Stay back. Yeah, <laughs> get the fuck out of our circle. Yeah, said, you are not with our group. Get out of here. Yeah. You were a circle protector. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. And then I told Kenise and I'm mean now after that. <laughs> I said, I'm a mean guy. I was just high on Molly and I was just like, I'm mean now. <laughs> Sounds like you were taking care of business. He was. No, it yeah, was great. Yeah, yeah. I was so happy to see it. I was like happy yeah. for you, Rohan. And I think that, you. that you never know what you're going to do until you're put in that situation. You no, know, you're, so. you're, you're right. It's just, I think that in terms of like de- women really love decisive men and I'm just like not a decisive guy. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. We could do whatever we want. And sometimes that very much makes women upset mm-hmm. <laughs> Even that's just like my general personality and I'm like oh yeah well sorry I'll try to be more decisive in the future now do I- you date people who are decisive do you guys balance each other out uh I date I, like the my last relationship uh we both were eh, we were both, both indecisive but she was mm-hmm. more decisive than me and then my relationship now we're both very indecisive people which is nice <laughs> yeah okay so you like that you can relax into that Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What about yeah. you, Kenise? I, I'm trying to figure out how to put this. I am highly decisive uh, to the point where it may come off as pushiness. I'm not sure. Rohan, you'll have to tell me um, sometimes. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, I do not like it when someone is not decisive, but I also don't like it if someone is more decisive than me. So I need them mm. to be within like, like if there's a, if it's distributed evenly across, I need it to be like one measure in each direction, but no more than that. Like if they are hyper, hyper decisive, I'm like, well, I would like a say in where we eat, but I hate having to be like, well, I gave three suggestions and you pointed out problems with all of them and you haven't sent me any suggestions. So what the fuck are we supposed to do? Like, literally the worst how dare someone shoot down all of your suggestions and then not respond okay this is my biggest pet peeve on group text is when you're like trying to organize something you're like what about 8 p.m on tuesday or whatever and then someone's just like i can't do that and you're like well bitch says other times yeah right 100 (laughs) percent or like the best response to that is that 8 p.m. Tuesday. Can we do nine on Wednesday instead? Yeah. All yeah, right. Sure. I can work yeah. with that. I can work with that. But you want me to sit here and text you every possible time for you to say no, 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 maybe. Yes. That's so just, it says I don't know you your don't schedule. really want to go. I, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know your schedule. Don't make me do the work. Just yeah. tell me when you're available. And then you got to write. So, so what would work for you? And you feel like a jerk writing that because you're yeah. just like, oh, I'm like putting myself out there like this. Even yes. if it's something you like, you're just like, come on, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. What a bummer. It's so funny. I, before I came on this podcast, okay, I listened to it and I was like, okay. And then I read that article about sex, um, mm-hmm. sex ed. And then I was thinking about how I wanted to talk about how hot all the survivor contestants are. And mm-hmm. then I really just came on here and talked about being hit on when I was young. <laughs> 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 and text message etiquette is what it feels like I did. that's truly yeah. our best every time we do an episode our best laid plans are always just thrown to the side and we just talk about whatever we want to talk about so no okay. you nailed it <laughs> wait you said that there are wait what show did you say had survivor. hot contestants survivor survivor has the hottest contestants really Why? yeah okay now here's a question 
do you think that they have the hottest contestants or they have the contestants that are put in the situations where you're allowed to show your body the most? I think they have the hottest contestants. And I don't mean that just in like, um, you know, I, I don't mean that in just pure physicality. So like if we're just talking like beautiful Instagram models, it's going to be like Love Island or something sure, like that. Right. But with Survivor, you have these really well-rounded, attractive people. Mm-hmm. So it's like people who look good with their shirt off, but are also good at puzzles, also Ooh. good at strategy. They're funny. They have to be, they got to mm-hmm. have a good social game if you're going to make it to final tribal, yep. you know? And so it's like this idea of, it's just, a, it's a very attractive package. I'm into it. Yeah. I like that. I'm, I'm happy that you made that distinction just because it took me a long time to realize this, but like hotness doesn't necessarily imply any other qualities <laughs> like you, hard to believe you but it's true <laughs> it if you want to and i think i was reading some sort of other qualities into it but man there are a lot of hot dumb people and a lot of hot garbage people and a lot of hot like and i mean garbage people as in people who are garbage not people who collect garbage who are right. also probably hot as well but i just mm-hmm. Man, I'm. It makes me feel good to know that people are not just choosing on that one thing. That right. they're like, yes, hot in a variety of ways mm-hmm. versus just like you're pretty. It's, it's always striking to me. This is completely unrelated. Maybe I'll edit it out, but it is always striking to me, like when a very hot person doesn't know that they're not good at everything. Mm. <laughs> Mm-hmm, have you guys mm-hmm. like seen this where someone's like i'm really good at cooking and you're like oh cool cool and then you're like who told you this yeah <laughs> yeah lied to you because this is bad i've seen mm-hmm. it happen in comedy wait, wait, yeah. wait. oh just, just like hot comedy too easy it was just right over a uh, hit right over the fence they're just like i'm so high and then you get on stage mm-hmm. and then, <laughs> and then you're, you're, you're so funny and then you get on stage you're like you're just hot Yeah. I mean, there's just like all these psychological studies to support it too. Like we, we are the, we're okay. I think we're all hot, Mm -hmm. but I also want to say like, just in general that we are the whole world. We are the problem because we project on the super hot. We believe that they have these strong leadership problem solving, um, and social skills. That's just, they've proven it through studies over and over again. So it's like, we need to get our shit together and start just (laughs) electing ugly people. Yeah, that'd be on like our lizard brain. Our lizard brain is just like they look like they know what they're doing. So yeah. we're gonna project onto them that yeah. they know what they're doing. They're acting like it, so they must. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah well, whenever it, you see a hot, well adjusted person, I'm always just like, How is this possible? <laughs> <laughs> you're so smart and and like thoughtful and like you're asking me questions and you're being like a really nice person and you're so hot. Oh, I, I love that it makes you mad. You're like, it makes oh. me mad. Like, come on, man. <laughs> you got to be bad at one thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I agree. I, I, I think that's the way that you put the why they're hot is makes a lot of sense. And for survivor contestants. Yeah, for survivor yeah. contestants. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm playing this game tonight with some um, friends where we're playing like a Zoom game where it's kind of like Dream Date. Did you ever play that? And it in sounds kind of familiar. Okay, so it's basically like a board game where you have a card and you find out who you're going on a date with and then you kind of put together the state. Anyway, this is a, a, a very loose version of that idea, which is one of our friends asked us to send in a bunch of qualities for um, or a bunch of characteristics that a person could have. Mm-hmm. So like I sent in seven. It's just like, you know, like has a perfect penis, knows it. 
um, mm-hmm. wants to sail, but doesn't know how to never memorize his social security number. So you think of like personality characteristics and then you send her pics of a hot dude, a hot guy. And then, so we're going to play this game where we assign pictures to qualities and then we plan a date. It's listen, we're just working with what we got that here sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in quarantine. And um, she just asked for like one picture. She's like, just send us one, send me one picture of a hot, a hot person. And I just sent like three survivor contestants because, nice. and that's when I realized <laughs> they're the hottest on all the shows. Yeah. Yeah. My brother watches Survivor and he, and so like I've seen, like, I know what you mean. <laughs> so yeah. I've seen a few episodes. So like, I get what you, I get what you're talking about. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah, I gotta start. I should probably watch more of that. I don't know. I'm bad at watching television. There's what do you so watch? Television to watch. Yeah, there's too much. There's know, too much, really. I just get overwhelmed that I don't. I yeah. watch. I have like ESPN. I just have that on. I'm just like, there's not. I don't have to think about this. I don't even have to look at it. It's just right. on. And it's like it's background noise. noise. Yeah, exactly. So you guys don't. You neither of you watch Survivor. No, I don't. Okay, well that's fine. I don't I watch. Okay. I think I'm. The last reality show I watched, I think, was Love on the Spectrum. Mm, so good. Yeah. No, I like that show too. I watched that as well. Very. That cute. was really, really well done. Yeah. yeah. That was. I that rooted show, for almost everybody except one guy. That yeah. show. Well, I rooted for everyone, but also like it was weird because the way that they they talked about love, and this kind of scared me. But the way they talked about love was like you know autistic people they take cues from like the rest of society, and so like when they're taught like this is what it's supposed to be, they just take it as their cue, and then like a lot of the guys had this like very romanticized version of what they wanted. And I was like, Oh God, is this like what we're telling people that they like want in a partner? Like that should, that should exist like immediately when, mm. you know, you start dating somebody and that mm. part kind of scared me. But other than that, I thought it was a really good. Oh, that's interesting. So you're yeah. saying that like the people in there is they had this sort of um, uh, perfect list of attributes and, and, but they're also saying that they're getting that information from the cues from the outside world. So is it like, is that all of our programming? Is that what yeah, you're yeah. proposing? Is that like, is uh-huh. that what we have projected onto like what romance should be? And they're like, and I, and I don't know, like that might be a problematic view of like the show, but I was just like, oh, that's like so interesting that this is part of that. Mm, Uh, Yeah. I mean, I guess we are all, yeah, we, me and Nick were actually talking about this the other night about what we thought we were the kind of person we were going to be with when we were um, older Mm -hmm. and it doesn't add up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more. What do you mean? just thought that like the I thought I was gonna end up with someone who was like really into playing cards and board games like I just assumed because I like to do it that that is the kind of partner I would have at the end of the day and Nick could not be more against it just in general (laughs) (laughs) so so then I had to like be like well I guess I'll compromise you know I'll compromise on the board game card thing but um it is just in my mind I had this idea of us like you know, playing cards and listening to music and the rain falling down, you know, and making Aww. jokes and yeah. hot, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's very, that's a great. Wait, what did he say though? What did he yeah. say? Yeah. He's like, that's not me and I'll never be that. But what did he say <laughs> that he thought he wanted? Oh, he, Pamela Anderson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how yours is like a regular domestic thing and his is an impossible dream. Yeah. Well, his was like, I just sort of assumed, you know, kind of like maybe a bartender in Key West. We're living the good life. We're living on the beach. We're having fun. Your name happens to be Pamela Anderson. You know, <laughs> he didn't take the conversation as seriously as I did. I'll tell you that much. Okay. No, I, I, I feel you too. And like my, I thought, I think that somebody that I wanted to be with when I was very young is just like this, like very, very 
successful, like I'm the CEO of a company or I'm like a politician and I'm like going out and like doing all these like good things in the world. And you're like, they're there to support me. And then I was like, and I, that was like my ideal, like, oh, if I could be with that person forever. And now like, I think about that and I'm like, oh no, that's like not what I want at all. Wow. <laughs> I mean, so I would you like wanted to be, to be the supporter. I still want to be the supporter, but I didn't want to be with like that kind of like person. Like, I don't think I want to be with like that kind of person anymore. I love being a supporter. That's like, I think that that's like my best quality, but I think that uh, being with somebody like that career driven and like that ambitious and like that, like uh, uh, type A, no prisoners kind of attitude, which I thought I was into is not what I'm into. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that I feel that with who is more like, like I, I'm with, I'm more into somebody who is really good at what they do and like likes what they do, but is also like morally ambivalent about it. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, there we go. That's what I like. Hell the yeah. Uncertainty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what I thought. Like, like wondering what they're doing in this big sphere of things, whether rather than somebody who is just like, I'm going to do it and I'm not going to think about the consequences of what I do, which is what I thought I wanted. And I was like, mm. no, that's not what I want. <laughs> I love that you identify as a supporter. Yeah, I'm like more, I'm not an alpha person. I'm like the, I'm whatever, like three levels below a beta is. That's what you I'm are like. not. Okay. Don't, <laughs> no, not, you're not, I, you're, you may be beta, but you're not three levels. I'm below not like, beta. I, I would not say I'm just like, not a, uh, yeah, just like not an alpha person. I'm a very, like, I like to listen to, I like listening to you more than talking about myself. How about that? Does that make sense? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. you're a servo protector. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Canise, I are you a supporter? No, yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm way too self-involved. I forget people's everyone's birthday. I forget it always, except for my own. Like I just I like Rohan. I see you like take initiative to like help with certain things, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it wouldn't occur to me to do that. No, <laughs> it's like, it, but that's a thing. Too. I I want to be clear. I am incredibly self-involved. Like I don't want anyone to think that I'm not. I'm very self-involved, but it's just that like, I, I think it, it, it came out of a place where I was like, it didn't want to be, I didn't want to see like my inner self, but now it's come to a place where it's like, oh, this makes me feel good to help people. So I'm going to keep doing it okay. as opposed to like a shield to protect others from me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the tool became mm-hmm. the gift yeah it's like a fake it till you make it and then oh, you, and you made it and i made it so that's pretty cool yeah so i'm much more comfortable with myself than i was 10 years ago but i still have those like supportive things that i think are good mm-hmm. anyway i'm the best guy in the entire world okay <laughs> listen i love this <laughs> i love it oh man i when i think back of like what i would have wanted in high school and college especially I would find that person so insufferable right now. Mm. I would just be annoyed by their existence because I was like really into couch surfing and like, ooh, like international hippy dippy. Um, let's like freaking let's do all that. Like, let's just live on the edges of society and make our own way, but somehow be able to afford all of it. And now I just find those people like, we get it. You've been somewhere, but that's like not a personality. <laughs> like Mm-mm. you have to have a personality and it can be emphasized and uh, complimented by traveling, but that can't be like the only thing. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You don't have a perspective at all to talk about your experiences. So you're still boring. <laughs> like, right. right. I feel like those people <laughs> are insufferable after 24. 
Yeah. There's like something that clicks in your head where you're like, no, I don't want to stay at the hostel. Oh, no. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't want to hear your acoustic guitar. Um, yeah. Oh. No. Yeah, that is. That's very annoying. I had a high school boyfriend that was like, had a moped, which was very cool. So I would like climb out my window and get on the back of his moped. And he was an artist. He eventually became a tattoo artist. Um, he dropped out of high school. He was wild. And I'm so happy that that's not my type anymore. <laughs> like at the time I was like, this is the perfect man. And now I'm like, woo, you dodged a bullet. My yeah. Dear. Yeah. 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 There is no, Kenise, though, what you were saying about like the, I can't imagine like standing that. That's like how I felt about like someone who I had like a deep, deep crush on when I was like in my 20s. And I see what they're doing now. I'm like, I would, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is like, that? Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I, I don't know. You, it's, you know, people, it's so interesting because like it's good that you've changed. Like I think that, People, I'm deeply suspicious of people who like listen to the exact same music they did when they were 15, like now. Like I understand the nostalgia aspect of it, but bro, you haven't listened to any new artist in like the last like 10 years. Come on, like that that kind of thing is very suspicious to me. It's like, oh, you're too comfortable in the way that you think. Yeah, but I that's think that's me. also the key to not aging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you gotta listen to what is new. You yeah. just do. You gotta listen to new music. Otherwise, yeah. you just get old quick. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's also just like I, that applies to like everything. Like my politics aren't the same. My music interests right. aren't the same. My movies interests aren't the same. Yeah. Like the, what it, you, and, and it would make sense that what you value in a person would also change. And hopefully that will change. Over yeah. Time, right. Ooh, I wonder what point. I'm going to want when I'm like 45. Just... Right. 401k. I don't know. Some sort yeah. of retirement plan. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny that people think that that's like, like that there's that idea of settling, right? Where it's just like, I used to have all these ambitions for somebody in there when I was 20. And now it's just like a guy with a 401k. It's like, that's a huge fucking deal. <laughs> that's like, not like, like, that's not like trivial. <laughs> right. You're talking about you're attracted to someone that planned for the future. Yeah. <laughs> right. Took their life seriously. Yeah. And, yeah. I want a guy who has an apartment who lives alone it's like what that why is that a bad thing yeah <laughs> yeah or why not. does that mean feel like you make you feel like you have less standards it's like right no. that's a good point yeah no yeah, it's like i want point. someone who i can actually spend time with not just a fantasy that yeah. i don't have to like deal with the exhaustion of or like the uh i don't know i just so i was like a the ambassador for couch surfing in la for like two years while i lived out there and the people some of the people are fine and they're like yeah, I work in business and it's like a hobby that I had. But some of the people who still are playing the ukulele, who still like don't groom in a certain way, it's just, sorry, flashbacks of just like, oh man, that would be exhausting. And right now I just so value someone who I can like come home to at the end of the day and just sit. And there isn't a whole bunch of shit that we have to do or represent ourselves in some way. Mm. Or, yeah, we can just You were the be. ambassador. Is that like an actual title? Yeah. Wow. Have you written about this before? No. Should I guess I could. I think you should. That sounds yeah. like really an interesting like point of view and, and um, history. I'd love to hear about it. Okay. Sounds exhausting, but also like <laughs> maybe it was a little sexy. And I think that could fun. be cool. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, how do I put this? 
some people are a part were a part of couch surfing because it's like oh people from all over the country people who are traveling young people um foreign people all of it it's just all come together and do activities and also sleep on each other's couches some people were there for that some people were there because young women were there and they wanted to fuck them um mm. and they were like older creeps who just were in the scene i was never the target of old creeps so my experience was different than a lot of women's experience, but also not the men's experience either. So I was just like, hey, I'm here. I'm just scheduling events. What's up, guys? And it wasn't yeah. like a fuck fest. Okay, but you had, but it was fun? It was fun. Yeah. It was fun? Yeah. Did you fuck from couchsurfing? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Did I fuck from couchsurfing? Yeah. I had some boyfriends based on couchsurfing. Yeah, yeah. Is that, was the British guy from couchsurfing? The British guy was from couchsurfing, yeah. Yes. Can you wow. Jason Statham? Uh, Rohan has made up a complete personality with only the details that this man is British and that he enjoyed boxing. And he has made up this whole- Wait, Jason was Statham. he bald? No, he was not bald. He had, oh. I, shocked to bald. me, he was a blonde and I never date blondes. Oh. Yeah. He had flopsy hair with a part and like, it was a, it was a lot. My goodness, right. that's fun. Yeah. Why does that feel like that couch surfing and the type of person you're describing feels so like 2008, 2009? Because it was. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> it had like, it existed as a thing that was cool or hip or not even hip really, just like crunchy granola And yeah. then the second Airbnb came out and people were like oh I can make money off these extra rooms I don't just have to give them to, to just right. random passers-by okay right. uh fuck these teenagers wow <laughs> like, get them out of here and then the community collapsed and right yeah well capital Trump community in that yeah. situation how sad <laughs> yeah oh man yeah but also okay and I'd love your opinion on this because I, I just I see you as like a very thoughtful person I recognize that I have it's not shame, but it is like this weird embarrassment of like free spirit earnestness of like the 2005 to 2010 era. And it's just, I'm like, oh my God, the free hugs thing, like the, <laughs> like the earnest, we're all going to make it somehow optimism of it. I just, right now I like kind of cringe, like we were so yeah. dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like how Gosh, do you guys what feel what a time. That? I just remember, I mean, I, you know, it was so exciting in that time. And I think that you just talking about that, the free hugs and, and the optimism reminds me like going to door to door for Obama and feeling like, yes, like, and then <laughs> the, the hugs mm -hmm. and the feeling of, yeah, just exactly what you just described. How do I feel about that now? Well, I definitely feel like it was a much more naive version of myself. Yeah, um, that is for sure. But I think it's also important to I me mean, not to sound like cheesy or anything, but like to hold on to some of it, because yeah. otherwise, what are you just going to be a hard shell? You know, that doesn't yeah. sound true, fun. True, true. That balance, you know, you're totally right, Ashley Brooking. You fucking nailed it. It's like the <laughs> fucking balance between being naive and like believing in something and like the acknowledgement of reality and like especially now in the fucking pandemic where you're just constantly online constantly finding new ways to feel bad about yourself it's like how do you somehow like rise through that get a get a kitchen get a what is it called the safe kitchen safe yeah kitchen safe. Safe. Mm -hmm. get a kitchen mm -hmm. safe to put That's your phone safe. away Hell but yeah. also it's just like yeah, I think that there's just less opportunities for us to be naive because we're online all the time and we can get like all like you were saying at the beginning of the podcast, like information is just like at our fingertips at all times, whether 
well back in 2005 to even like 2012 it was just basically like we're not on our phones we don't have information at our fingertips we're allowed to believe something and turn something into like this like nice thing and then have it burst in front of us right <laughs> not, not wow. in real time just over time slowly yeah so there's more kind of room there's more room to add fantasy to reality maybe yeah yeah like for sure you had a cushion yeah. yeah there is something so violent about being on your screen all the time like there's something that it doesn't allow for any sort of if if reality is perception and your perception is twitter then that's can be really bleak. Yeah, yeah for sure. Damn. Really bleak. <laughs> I'm really excited to get this kitchen timer. Okay, we are <laughs> coming up on the hour and how wow. we normally end the show. At the end of every episode, we have final thoughts, uh, things we've learned, ideas we want to reiterate. It could be a random thought unconnected to what we're talking about. Do you have any final thoughts? I do. I have a lot of final thoughts. Um, Okay. I have so many. I'm trying to find out this book that I read, um, but I I can't. I just did a quick Google search. It's something shallow thinking, something like that. And it has Mm. to do with the cell phone use. I think everybody should listen to it um, on the audiobook or read it. Um, I also, final thoughts, I did not mean to talk about how I got hit on so much. (laughs) (laughs) I I recognize it was just a brief window. And I think that what it was, was that I was so eager. And I think that if you're really eager and you're busting with enthusiasm and you just look like you just walked off a farm, you, people are going to feel more comfortable talking to you. And I was also just talking to people all of the time. So it was just a very brief period in my life. Also, what else were my final thoughts? Hot people not giving hot people the um, attention they we want to give them. Yeah. We're not going to do that anymore. And mm-hmm. and I, I also I think that it's like I don't know. I said something when we were talking about election electing people, and it's not that I think elect we elect hot people because actually that might be more fun. But I think that (laughs) I think we, we tend as a country, I think like mainstream voters elect people, they feel like a sense of authority from. And I think that that is also weirdly tied to sort of classical. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'd love for you guys to just go ahead and pick it up and explain to me what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Yes, authority is 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 often tied up with how you look and yeah. uh, if and you... how you like the manner in which people portray confidence and leadership mm-hmm. is tied to some older ideas about masculinity, race, and class. Totally. And when we continue to be like this person is has classic leadership qualities, what we are really saying is this person represents the white male rich past in a way that I'm very comfortable with. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like okay. this, yeah. Like there's an archetype that we've been force fed. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's almost as if we can't trust our, our first initial reaction to what we're seeing, you know, yes. cause, and I think we should all remember that the next time we meet a beautiful person, we yes. should say, listen, mm-hmm. I don't fucking trust you, man. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got 10 questions for you. What's six times seven quick, yeah. you know, we just yeah. start grilling them. And you're not I think, smarter than my alarm clock. Buddy, all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, I think that's really what we should do is just distrust attractive people and put them through tests. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. That's right. What are your final thoughts? 
my final thought is, yeah, maybe uh, date your bus driver, date your MTA person. Yeah. Like they're the they they all seem like the nicest, sweetest people, and no one talks to them, or like they're just the anonymous people as we go through our day. Just be nice to those guys. Be nice yeah. to everybody, but like mm-hmm. those people in particular, because they got game too. You could like get a nice little date out of it, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, you can go to like secret parts of the city. I don't know what they are, but I just imagine (laughs) they exist like, you know, like the secret stuff or like maybe there's like a cool underground place. They know about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like uh, back in the day in New York, like you knew where all the good food was. If there were a lot of taxis parked in front of it, especially Mm -hmm. Indian food, you knew where all the good Indian food places were by the amount of taxis that were there. Oh, so good. All right. The name of the book is called The Shallows, What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains written by Nicholas Carr, and I highly recommend it. I've got some audible credits. I'm fucking, I'm doing it, Mm -hmm. I'm doing it. Uh, My final thoughts are to not wholesale reject the eager enthusiasm Mm -hmm. of the past, uh, rather with full knowledge instead of naivete, uh, pursue opportunities that are there. So not projecting onto a space that doesn't have opportunity, but recognizing it when it does happen instead of only viewing it from a more, uh, pessimistic post-Trump brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think we can all take that with us. Hell yeah. Sure. Hell yeah. All right. Exactly. Well, this has been Love About Town. Ashley, where can people find information about you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ashley B. Roberts. And if you want to work with me, I'm here to tell you I'm working at my desk every day for one hour um, for the month of February, you can meet me at 10 a.m. EST at Welcome to My Desk on YouTube. And we work for an hour with white noise and we talk about writing tips. And it's a nice little community of writers who show up and say what they're working on. And we talk in the chat. It's fun. That sounds great. Yeah. yeah come that, join that, me. What a great it's on idea. YouTube. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. In. It's called Welcome to My Desk. It's been, it's been so rewarding in January and I'm very excited for February. Nice. That rocks. Rohan, where can people find you? Uh, Rohan Padier, cool guy on Instagram. I'm Rohan, cool guy on on Twitter. Sorry. And um, yeah, I don't know. Just listen this podcast. You can find me here and you should like and rate and review and subscribe if you haven't already subscribed. If you have subscribed, thank you. Oh, and we should tell people to write to our email. Loveabouttownpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, if you have questions, suggestions mm-hmm. for what you want to talk about, if you're really mad at us, I don't know why you would be, but, yeah. you know, send us a letter. It's, Please, yeah. It's useful. I mean, to you, probably cathartic. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, just send it or whatever. It's great. Yeah. And you can find me at Kenise Mobley on all the platforms. Check out my show, Make Yourself Cry, Tuesdays, Instagram Live, 10 p.m. Someone tries to make me cry because I am emotionally walled off. Okay. Uh, this has been Love About Town. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you were wonderful. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.